0: Welcome to this edition of the Head Dead Podcast. I'm your host, Cam McKinney, and this is episode number 143 of the podcast. And in this edition of the podcast, I'm talking about Blake Griffin. And Blake Griffin has been in the news recently, and not for good reasons. The Detroit Pistons have announced that they are no longer going to play Blake Griffin, even though he is still owed two years and over $50 million left on his contract. This is a guy the Pistons brought in to be a max player, to be the star of their franchise, and they are no longer willing to play him at all, and they are either going to trade Blake Griffin or, embarrassingly, release the former six-time All-Star. Before I look forward to Blake's career, let's look backwards a little. I mean, Blake Griffin was a big-time prospect. He wasn't quite Zion Williamson, but he was a phenom. He went to Oklahoma. He brought them to March Madness. We all thought he was going to be the next big face of the NBA. And then he got drafted by the lonely L.A. Clippers, a franchise that had never had a superstar player. So the minute the Clippers got Blake Griffin, they became a must-watch team. Unfortunately, in his first season in the NBA, Blake Griffin gets injured during Summer League and misses his entire first season. But then he bounced back in a huge way, averaging over 20 20- 22 points per game and 12 rebounds and winning rookie of the year. And you're like, yeah, that's the Blake Griffin we thought we were going to get. And it was like, no one even cared that he was injured his first full season. We were like, this is going to be one of the biggest names in the NBA. He could dunk the basketball at will. He could rebound. He looked like he was going to be the next Charles Barkley or Carl Malone. He was the next big man who was going to dominate the NBA. And then that third season, you know what the Clippers did? they went out and they traded for a superstar player to go along with Blake Griffin. They traded for Chris Paul from the New Orleans Hornets. Remember when Chris Paul almost went to the LA Lakers? Nobody really ever talks about that, but Chris Paul almost went to the Lakers instead of the Clippers for Pau Gasol and Lamar Odom, but David Stern would not allow the trade to go through because at the time the Hornets did not have ownership. So he voided the trade completely, and then the Clippers are the ones who get Chris Paul, and the Clippers completely turn around their franchise they went to the playoffs over the next six seasons Chris Paul Blake Griffin DeAndre Jordan became household names they became Lob City they became so fun to watch they became the team that we all thought were destined to win NBA championships at some point because they were too talented of a roster they had the best passing point guard in the league they had arguably the best big man in the league and they had the best defensive center in the league and once they moved on from Vinny Del Negro and brought in Doc Rivers, they had the best head coach in the league. There was no reason not to believe the Clippers were at least going to make a trip to the NBA Finals in the not-so-distant future. But that never ended up happening, and instead, the Golden State Warriors became that team with Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, Andre Iguodala, Andrew Bogut, Harrison Barnes. The list goes on and on. Then they got Kevin Durant. The Warriors became that team. Nobody expected the Warriors to become that team. We all thought the Clippers were going to become that team because of Blake Griffin and his potential. We all thought he was going to get better and better and better throughout his career. And really, once he got to a certain point, he really just stayed at that point. Looking back on it, I think the best that Blake Griffin got to was like a top 15 player. He never got to that top five, even though he became a household name. Yeah, he jumped over the car and he he was well known. I don't think he ever became a legitimate top 10 player. There were bigs playing just as well as him. I mean, LaMarcus Aldridge had similar numbers. My biggest diss for Blake Griffin when he was at the height of his career is that his rebounding numbers got worse. His first Two full seasons in the NBA are the only years he averaged 20 points and 10 rebounds. And during that era and before that era, there were bigs that could score at will. You had Amare Stoudemire, you had LaMarcus Aldrich. Blake Griffin wasn't really that rare of a player. Yes, he had the talent. Yes, he could dunk the ball at will. But I don't think Blake Griffin lived up to the expectations fully of where we thought he was going to go. We thought this guy was going to turn into Charles Barkley. A legitimate MVP candidate, and I think you could make the argument that Chris Paul was the better Clipper the entire tenure he was with Blake Griffin. I mean, I don't think Blake Griffin ever got better than Chris Paul. I think Chris Paul was always the best Clipper on that team, and our expectations were at some point Blake Griffin was going to become the face of the Clippers, and he never really did with his time with Chris Paul. I think Chris Paul was the better Clipper overall, and I'm not dissing Blake Griffin. He became a six. All-Star. He became one of the biggest names in the league, but when you look at the Clippers underachieving, I think you have to look at his growth as a player and go, that played a factor in it. Now, of course, those injuries also played a huge factor. It seemed like every year, either Chris Paul or Blake Griffin was getting hurt, but when you look at that talented roster, they still should have been able to survive an injury or two. Here are the other names besides Chris Paul and Blake Griffin who played on the Clippers during that time. DeAndre Jordan, the best defensive big man in the league at the time, JJ Redick, one of the best three-point sharpshooters at the time, Jamal Crawford, one of the best six men I've ever seen. I mean, these were generational type talents. Jamal Crawford might make the Hall of Fame because he's one of the best six men of all time. DeAndre Jordan could rebound the ball at will, and that's why it's so interesting to see that the Warriors were the team that became the NBA's next it team. They were the ones winning championships even though they were the team that was all based off of three-point shooting. Like, I look at the Clippers and I go, wow, in the 1990s, they probably would have dominated the NBA with that roster. But no one I listed besides J.J. Redick or Jamal Crawford were lethal three-point shooters. And even Crawford wasn't very consistent with his free point shot. He could hit the free, but it's not like the guy was hitting 45% for his career. He was a hit-or-miss type of three-point shooter. And then you look at the Warriors, and they were stacked with free point shooting. Curry, Thompson, Draymond at times. These guys could hit freeze and they were the new NBA and the Clippers were the old NBA and the new NBA dominated the old NBA. I remember watching games where Steph Curry completely annihilated Chris Paul and embarrassed him. This is Chris Paul, arguably the second best point guard at the time, looking like a fool thanks to Steph Curry. The Warriors were head and shoulders ahead of the LA Clippers. The Clippers never really did anything to drastically change either. They kept that core together probably way too long. I remember that whole, we've got to convince DeAndre Jordan to stay so that we can still compete because if they had lost DeAndre Jordan, they wouldn't have been able to replace him anyway. But I actually think they probably should have let DeAndre Jordan go to the Dallas Mavericks. The Clippers kept that core together way too long. And by the end of it, Chris Paul and Blake Griffin didn't even want to be teammates anymore. And then when that core finally did break up. The Clippers did the most insane thing ever and they gave Blake Griffin this massive max contract extension and said he was going to be an LA Clipper for life. In retrospect, I don't think anybody was a huge fan of that contract. I don't think anybody saw Blake Griffin going the right direction and then in the middle of that first season, they traded him away to the Detroit Pistons and the Pistons were so hungry for a star player. I mean, the Pistons hadn't had a star player since, like, Billups, and Rip Hamilton. They didn't care if they were going to compete, they just needed a reason for fans to come and watch basketball games, so they traded for Blake Griffin. And for me, this is about the time that Blake Griffin got affected by the era of basketball he's playing. Griffin himself had never taken that many free point shots. In his time with the Clippers, he averaged about two 3 pointers a game, and then with the Pistons, the guy has been jacking up six three-point shots a game, and this year he's only shooting 31% from the free point line. I know Blake Griffin's lost his athleticism. I know that he can't dunk the ball at will, but the answer is not him jacking up freeze because nobody is afraid that Blake Griffin is going to hit that crazy amount of freeze. He's not going to hit three out of six of those three-point shots. In a good game, he'll hit two out of six, but that rarely happens, and that's the problem with Blake Griffin's game. It hasn't evolved. What's interesting about Blake Griffin is unlike other big men of the era like Dwight Howard, who never evolved at all, Dwight Howard still just attacks the rim. Blake Griffin has gone the opposite. He no longer attacks the rim and only takes jumpers, and his mid-range game isn't what it used to be, and his free point shots have gotten ridiculous. He has been taking way too many free point shots because it's almost like he's trying to keep up with where the game is at. He knows the old-fashioned big men are no longer relevant. But the other side of things is because of the beating he's taken throughout his career, he can't even attack the basket like he used to. So that's why we're in this weird in-between of Blake Griffin. I can't talk about what his career is going to be because I have no idea of where he's at as a player. He's in this weird in-between. If I'm a team looking to acquire Blake Griffin, I don't want to bring him on my roster and have him jack up three three-point shots a game. I'm not sure that Blake Griffin fits in with where the NBA is at right now. And the crazy thing about Blake Griffin is he's only 31 years old and his game is aging tremendously bad. I mean, look at the opposite between him and Chris Paul. Chris Paul is like a 36-year-old point guard who in recent years has joined middling teams like the OKC Thunder and Phoenix Suns and turned them into legitimate playoff teams. Chris Paul's game has aged so well. His mid-range, jump shot is on fire. He can still hit freeze. He's still one of the best passing point guards in the league. This is the era we live in. The point guards get to dominate forever, and the big men, they age out of basketball right now. I mean, Blake Griffin is 31 years old. He's five years younger than Chris Paul, yet his game has aged horribly bad, and Chris Paul is still at the height of his powers. He's still a top five point guard in the NBA, and he's turning the miserable Phoenix Suns into a watchable product. Devin Booker is having his best season under Chris Paul as his point guard. Shea Gilleslie Alexander developed into a star player under Chris Paul. Chris Paul is maybe better than ever, and Blake Griffin is out here on the Detroit Pistons being benched by a miserable franchise. If they switch teams, I bet Chris Paul could turn the Pistons into a playoff team, but Blake Griffin and the Suns would probably still be having these type of problems because Blake Griffin's game just has not aged well at all. Here's another name to bring up. Derek Rose. Remember Derek Rose, this guy we gave up on when he had two ACL tears and we were like, Derek Rose is never going to be the same player. Well, Derek Rose is still a pretty good player. He's been on the Timberwolves these past few years. He was on the Pistons. Now he's on the Knicks reunited with Tom Thibodeau. And Derek Rose is still a formidable NBA player who can average about 14 to 16 points a game and help a team team become a playoff team. Guess what? Derrick Rose is a better NBA player right now than Blake Griffin. Think about that. If you had thought five years ago that Derrick Rose would still be a guy who can contribute in the NBA and Blake Griffin would be the lost player who we don't know what to do with, think about how crazy that is. And a lot of it, I think, has to do with the position they play. This era is all about the point guards. It's all about the guys who can hit the free point shot. Now, Derrick Rose is not a very good free point shooter, but he can consistently somewhat hit the shot sometimes. I mean, he's not a dominant free point shooter, but if he takes two or three free point shots per game, I'm okay with that. I'm not okay with signing Blake Griffin to my team and having him jack up six free point shots a game. His game looks lost and he just doesn't know what to do with it. But think about that fact one more time. Derrick Rose can contribute in the NBA right now and Blake Griffin cannot. That's That's crazy when you think about it. Now, both of them had heights. Derrick Rose was an MVP. Both players are probably going to make the Hall of Fame, but I don't really care about that all that much. For Blake Griffin, I just think you look back at his career and you think about the what-if factor. Like, what if he had remained healthy? And what if he had actually tried to evolve his game faster? Now, there were times with the Clivers where he was taking more free point shots and he was trying to be more of a Mare Stoudemire type player who could hit the mid-range. But I don't think Blake Griffin properly has evolved his game well. He didn't quite seem to know what to do when he was over the, I'm going to dunk over you all the time. And even when he became a pretty good mid-range player, the Clippers could not compete for championships. Blake Griffin did not know how to evolve his game. And that gets us to the big question, what's next for Blake Griffin? Because absolutely right now, no one is going to trade for Blake Griffin if they are going to have to pay him two years and over. Over $50 million. Now there are teams out there that could probably use a backup big man. My Boston Celtics could probably use Blake Griffin. Possibly. I'm not quite sure how well he would fit in with a young team like the Celtics. Maybe the Miami Heat. I've heard that bantered around. That would be a nice fit. He wouldn't have to do a whole lot. They have Jimmy Butler. They have Goran Dragage, They have Tyler Hero. They have Duncan Robinson. Get Blake Griffin on a good team where he doesn't have to do a lot and that would probably be a good fit. But what are you really asking Blake Griffin to do? Are you asking him to be the old Blake Griffin? Because if so, he can't do that. Are you asking him to hit two three-point shots a game? Because if so, he probably won't do that very effectively. The one thing Blake Griffin actually has going for him in today's NBA is he is a good passer. He averages about four assists a game, and I do think he can handle the ball at times where most big men cannot. So if you're a team with bad passing, then I would consider adding Blake Griffin. That's the one thing he's got going for him and I've seen the Celtics play the Pistons and lose twice this year but Blake Griffin barely played a factor in those games and he looked really awkward like he was jacking up freeze and he didn't quite know where he fits with the Detroit Pistons. Now maybe that has a lot to do with the way the Pistons constructed their roster. They went out and signed a bunch of big men. They brought in Jeremy Grant and Mason Plumlee so maybe Blake Griffin just didn't quite fit well with that roster, but I don't know where Blake Griffin fits in today's NBA. I'd love there to be a revival of Blake Griffin's career where he could become a legitimate like six man or something, but ultimately I don't see that happening unless his game takes a huge step forward. Like I guess the biggest question I have is who's to blame for Blake Griffin playing really bad with the Pistons? Is it the Pistons for misusing him or is it Blake Griffin for Not evolving his game or trying to be a free point shooting big man, which he clearly is not. So that's why I don't know the answer to that question. But I think we're going to find out. I think the answer is it's probably somewhere in between. But if Blake Griffin goes to another team and struggles, then I'm going to have to put all the fault on Blake Griffin. I think Blake Griffin has had a really good career. He was one of the biggest faces of the NBA. He could dunk the ball at will. He dunked over the car. He's a huge name. He was in countless commercials, but when you look back at the career of Blake Griffin, I think you can say he underachieved a bit. I think he at least should have been able to get to a Western Conference Finals, and he probably should have been able to get to an NBA Finals. There were years where the Clippers had chances, and they blew freeo leads, and they got dominated by the Warriors. I don't blame them for the Warriors rising ahead of them. I think that was inevitable when you have Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. Those players are better than Chris Paul and Blake Griffin, but but I do think the Clippers at least should have been in the conversations of making the Western Conference Finals, and the fact of the matter is they never did, and they're not the team we're going to remember. Remember when we watched Lob City and we thought they were going to be unforgettable? Well, now they are becoming forgettable. The teams that we remember are those Cavs teams that went to the NBA Finals all those years and won a championship, those Warriors teams, those Miami Heat teams. We're not going to mention the Blake Griffin, Chris Paul Clippers when we talk about the dominant teams of this era. When we do mention them, we're going to talk about the team that probably should have won an NBA championship. The same way we talk about the Oklahoma City Thunder, but at least that team with Durant, Harden, and Russell Westbrook got to the NBA Finals. I just look at that Clippers team and I think about what if, what if they stayed healthy. I mean, Blake is in that class of big men that put up big numbers like a LaMarcus Aldridge, like Amare Stoudemire, and they were great players, and they're all probably going to the Hall of Fame, but they're in those class of big men that were not super elite. I don't look at those players as ever being top 10 players in the NBA during their time. They were able to compete. They were able to put up big numbers. They were able to consistently make it to the NBA postseason. All three of those players never won an NBA championship, and all of them had really good runs, but they didn't last super long. Like Amare Stoudemire's Kind of a great example of what Blake Griffin is. He had a great run. He played with a great point guard and Steve Nash, and put up historical numbers like Blake Griffin did with Chris Paul. There's a lot of similarities between Blake Griffin and Amare Stoudemire. But the biggest similarity is when I look back at both of them, I don't think of them as all-time great basketball players. I think of them as guys that didn't reach their full potentials. This is my final thoughts on the matter. When it was announced that Blake Griffin was going to be benched by the Pistons or either traded. Guess what? The bigger news was that Andre Drummond was going to be doing the same thing with the Cleveland Cavaliers, that the Cavaliers were no longer playing Andre Drummond. And think about this. It was a bigger deal to NBA fans that Andre Drummond was being benched by the Cavaliers so that he could be traded than it was Blake Griffin, a guy who has two years and $50 million left on his contract. Andre Drummond means more to the NBA Right now than a 31-year-old Blake Griffin and in a way that's really sad but it also shows where Blake Griffin's career has gone. He's no longer at the height of his powers and he's almost irrelevant. It's kind of sad to see I'm a fan of Blake Griffin. I hope he turns his career around but right now he's in a bit of a tough spot. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Head Dead Podcast. I'm Cam McKinney. There'll be a new episode of the podcast every Monday on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. So please rate, review, and subscribe.